Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Managed print services to keep your printing costs down? Yeah, Digitex does that. D I G I T E X dot C A on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. It's in Edmonton. Welcome back, everybody. Bob Stoffer with you in Oilers Now. Still to come, Misty in Oilers history for friends of New West Travel. Uh, we'll get to the Oilers Now injury report for James H. Brown, injury lawyers as well. Um, but coming up next. Al May, longtime Washington Capital player and broadcaster. And speaking of the Capitals, on the Athletics website, and there's some people uh, that uh, do a fine job covering um, the Edmonton Oilers on the Athletics site, uh, like Daniel Nugent Bowman and Jonathan Willis and uh, Alan Mitchell. Uh, there's a piece written by Tariq El-Bashir, Speedos, Dolce, and Dippin' Dots, Alex Ovechkin's early days in the NHL told by those who lived it with him. It's a really well-written piece and sheds a lot of light on the, the personality. One guy that knows Alexander Ovechkin well uh, because he's worked on the broadcast for the, the Capitals for years is a local area product that willed himself to the NHL. We welcome back to the show, Al May. Al, uh, look, uh, Ovi is on a wicked heater right now. He's, I don't know, he might catch Wayne Gretzky by the end of the year the way he's going right now. How you know how unique of a personality has he been with? Uh, you know, have you had a chance to to sort of be around him and observe over the last several years? Well, I'll tell you what he he he's a great big kid. He's the happiest guy every day. He loves the game of hockey. He loves life, and he, he's always energetic. He's highly energetic, and the side that the fans don't get to see about him is how funny he is in the dressing room. And when you hear the players tell stories about him, and I think. Maybe right away they're going to have a story from inside the dressing room from his former teammates, all the ridiculousness that goes on in there. But this guy loves the game, and he, he's a large personality. He's highly emotional, as he is on the ice. It's a 24-hour-a-day thing. And you, you, you know what? He's not reserved. He's not Connor McDavid. He's not Sidney Crosby. You know, he, he, And nothing wrong with the way they are, because I love the way they are, because they remind me of Gretz. But uh, you also love the big kids when you have them on your teams, the guys that still act like they're 10 and 12 years old at times. And, and that's the big man. He, he's, he comes bouncing out of the room. I'm going to be there when he walks out of the dressing room to run into the weight room before the game. And he's going to come out and he's going to sound like Matthew McConaughey and he's going to bounce all the way to the weight room, which is about 100 feet away, and high-five and fist bumping everyone. And he, he's always on and always prepped up and ready to go. 
it's kind of you know at this stage at this stage of the game i think realistically speaking uh if he stays in the league till he's 40 if he wants to continue playing he's good as great as wayne gretzky was wayne was not a primary goal scorer late in his career and Ovi still is Ovi's scoring goals in a harder time i think you'd agree with that you think he's going to break the record if he stays healthy, he will, because you look at th- this is going to be a monster season for him. He could end up, he's on pace for 60 right now. Say he ends up somewhere in the 50s. Next year, say he's in the 40s. And then after that, he can go on the 30s and, you know, 30, 35. And you know he's going to do that. Power play goals alone. But, you know, he's not just a power play player. He scores goals from everywhere. When we do the breakdowns, he's all over the ice. He's in net front. He gets deflections, tip-ins, rebound, you name it, breakaways. Uh, shots through defensemen, wheeling around guys one-on-one. Uh, so as long as those legs are working, uh, as long as he's healthy, and that's been my biggest worry about him, he's only missed 31 games, a couple of those due to suspension. Uh, he's been banged up at times, but he always comes out and gives it his best. To me, he's a bit of a mutant, and I mean that in uh, you know, or they, in, in football they'll call a guy a freak with the athleticism. Like it's pretty scary what he's been. It, it, it is a compliment when I'm terminate, you know, utilizing that and deploying. That. I mean, it's it's remarkable. And Al, he had a bit of a sag midway through his career, didn't he? Well, he, he well think of it. He's had what two thirty two goal seasons or one thirty three. There's so many numbers that I'm starting to get confused with everything. But the one year, the lockout year. He was on pace. It was 48 games. I think he had 32 goals. Uh, a couple years ago, I think it was Barry Trotz's first or second year here, he said, I'm going to cut his ice time down. And I thought it was a huge mistake then. Uh, I, I know it's a huge mistake now. He cut his minutes down to about 16 a game. And I thought it was moronic. They're saying, well, it's going to be, you know, save him seven games of ice time, you know, of his average ice by the end of the season. It didn't work. They let him play the game properly the next year because he's the best player on the team. He's the guy that comes through more than anyone here. And they went back to playing men's ice time, and all of a sudden it went up. But I remember the year they cut it down. They said, oh, he's playing great. But all of a sudden, everyone's throwing shade on him, saying he's slowing down. Well, they cut his ice time. And, you know, it doesn't matter if you're Gretzky. Gretzky wouldn't have put up numbers with, you know, a drastic reduction of minutes. You have to play the game. Your best players. I saw Mike McDonald in Detroit at the end playing out of position, not getting minutes. And his numbers were, were down. Those guys have to play. The best players have to play. And we see it over the course of time. We've seen it over the course of time. The best players got to play. And when they're not playing them anymore, it's time for them to hang it up or you not to give them a contract if you're not letting them play. And you look at Ilya Kovalchuk, what they were doing to him in L.A., a huge fail. What do they do in Montreal? They embrace that he's a superstar. They embrace him. They put him on the ice. They're looking at 20 minutes a game right now. He's flying around. He looks like a little kid. Yeah, it is uh, remarkable with Kovalchuk because, you know, we saw him a fair amount with L.A. And uh, it wasn't a, you know, he, he didn't have a connection with Willie Desjardins. Todd McClellan went in there. They're trying to change. I don't want to say they're trying to change the culture because that was a winning organization. But clearly they've committed to, the, you know, the youth and the rebuild. And Kovalchuk's uh, reinvigorated his career. We're talking about the Washington Capitals right now with longtime Capitals broadcaster Al May. Al, the other thing that helps Ovechkin out, you got John Carlson, who, as good as Roman Yossi is right now, John Carlson's as slam dunk as slam dunk is to win the Norris Trophy. So you got a, you know, a couple guys that can really move it on the back end, including Carlson. You got a couple playmaking centermen in terms of Backstrom and Kuznetsov, and that helps out Ovechkin as well, doesn't it? Well, it certainly does because he he's, he plays a lot like Nick Lidstrom. And before anyone gets in an uproar about me comparing him to him. Nick Lidstrom played efficiently. They don't resemble each other's skating style. One's a lefty, one's a righty. 
John plays a, a more physical, dominating game. Uh, and, and he plays the game with simple passes, doesn't rush the puck, but he makes the right passes all the time. And you know what? In the power play, they finally got in sync last year. Uh, I think it was during the Stanley Cup season, I was about halfway through the, the year that something clicked with the way John Carlson started the pass, or Ovechkin the puck, I should say. And he's been on a confident roll ever since. He, he has been huge defensively. Uh, and the offense is a byproduct of being a really, really, really good defender. And the last few guys that have won that Norris Trophy, it's all about their offense. And John, we're talking about him now because of his offense. But I'll tell you what, you're down late in the period. You're down late in the game. The other team's got their goalie pulled. You want John Carlson on the ice because he's that good defensively. He doesn't cheat it. He's not hunting for points. They're just coming his way. Yeah. Uh, It's an interesting situation. Right now, seven of the top eight goal-scoring teams are in the Eastern Conference. Are they better, or does that also illustrate the challenges of teams like Washington and Ottawa? Well, no, I don't think the Washington-Ottawa thing, because Ottawa's been playing teams tight for most of the year. What what, what it has to do is with the, these are top teams that are playing the game. They've identified the type of players going forward that you need to have on the rosters. And also these teams that haven't just been granting young players a spot in the lineup. So they're they're building them up. They're making sure you've got dominant players on all of those teams. you still got the core. Philadelphia's changing the way they're playing the game, but they still got their core guys up front, and guys are coming through for them. So it's, I think it's just about having you know entire rosters and adapting to way the, the way the league has been changing in terms of you know what you need in skaters. And it's going to be probably two years, three years, till the Oilers are that way that these teams out here are because they're, they're not rookie teams. They're not rookie-laden teams when you look at the Tampa Bay Lightning, when you when you look at the Washington Capitals, the Philadelphia Flyers, the Philadelphia Flyers are probably the youngest of the bunch, uh, but Boston Bruins, they've got a healthy dose of veterans, and when the young guys come in, they don't have so much pressure to produce. They're All of a sudden, the fan base isn't saying, well, he's a first-rounder, he's got to give us 30. No, they're letting him do what Detroit used to do under Ken Holland, and that's no pressure on these young guys, or there's pressure, but it's not the ultimate pressure of you've got to be our go-to offensive guy every night. And I think that's what we're seeing right now in the Eastern Conference. They're older teams, and the young guys are coming in, learning how to play. Everyone always calls it the right way, but learning how to play within you know, the, the confines of the team system. Well, you just look at it, right? The four, most, uh, the four teams with the most wins in the NHL right now, you got Pittsburgh and Boston both at 34, Tampa Bay at 35, and the team that you cover, the Washington Capitals, at 36 victories right now. Besides Washington, who's the best people, uh, best team in the East? You think, Al? Well, you look at Tampa; they're rolling right now, and they figured it out. They had to start playing a grittier game, and I look at them right now. They're the Caps have a couple more tilts with them, but you've got to make sure, you know, because the Caps have been able to run them out of the rink uh, when they've been playing. They they figured that out last year. They dominated them in the playoffs the season before. Well, Tampa, and I, I don't know if it's Sergachev that decided they're going to add some nasty to their game, and since they've done that, they've been tearing up the league. But I'll tell you that, the best coach in the National Hockey League the last few years, and certainly right now, is John Tortorella. And what he's doing with his team, they can beat anyone no matter who's in their lineup. It's unbelievable. doesn't matter who their goaltender is. They play the hardest, nastiest game in the league. And, that, and you know, we don't have fighting anymore in the National Hockey League. But they play an in-your-face game. They grit it out. Every, it does not matter who's on the ice for them. They're finding ways to get wins. 
They're protecting their goaltenders. They're playing a tough style of hockey. When I say tough, I mean they're blocking shots. They're in every puck battle. They're in your face not letting your skate. So I look at the Columbus Blue Jackets. I'd be scared to death if I was anyone having to play them in the first round. Now that said, today it was announced Seth Jones out. He's getting surgery for an ankle injury. That has got to be heartbreaking because he's their horse in the back end. He is, but it doesn't matter because we've seen so many of their top-tier players out with injuries. We've seen their goaltenders, their goal scorer, everyone take a hike, and they just continue to buy into the team system. And I'm a big believer when you have all players on the roster, the 20 guys in the lineup every night adhering to the team system, going at it 100%, you're going to do well. You're going to have success. Uh, they don't necessarily have superstars in their team, but they got a lot of guys that play a hard brand two-way hockey. And uh, I love watching them play, and they play the Capitals better than anyone in the league probably. John, uh, or, uh, we had John uh, Shannon on earlier today, Al, and we talked a bit about the uh, the Edmonton Oilers and the trade deadline. Do you see the Caps adding anything? I wouldn't be surprised. What they've been doing the last three games, they sat out Jonas Stegenthaler, who's been a great rookie this season, uh, huge on the penalty kill, the most minutes of any player back there. He sat out three games ago uh, prior to night. Nick Jensen sat out the next game, and then tonight it's Radko Gudis. And the reason they're doing this, they've got this young 20-year-old defenseman, Martin Farabari, who's a world-class skater, who's played the last couple of games. Tonight will be his third. It'll be his, I think, sixth overall for the season. But he's a hockey player, and they can play him on the left side or the right side. And I think right now they're going to see where this goes. And if this doesn't go as, you know, as the way they want, I think they'll add a defenseman. And it'd probably be a right-handed guy out there. And I think a guy like Travis Hammond would be one of the guys that they'd probably look after because he would be a guy that could kill penalties within their system. They know how brave he is that he can play a, a shutdown role. So I, I wouldn't be surprised to see a guy like Hammonick on his way here. Now, Al, you said there's no more fighting in the NHL. Did you not watch the matchups between Calgary and Edmonton? That was an anomaly. And I love those games, and they reminded me of being a kid and then being part of you know, the Battle of Alberta. And, and I loved it, and I know there's people out there that don't, but you know what? Everyone in the building stood up in both of those games when it all hell broke loose. Everyone got after it. And it, it's, uh, it's, to me, it's the way you should be played. If guys want to take runs, if they want to, you know, cross the line, I think you got to step up and pay the price and other, and, you know, make players pay the price. Have guys in your team step up and know that they can't do that. And you've got the best player in the game, best offensive player, Connor McDavid. He's got to be protected. Leon Dreisettle, I should say they're, you know, 1A and 1A plus. Uh, those two guys are phenomenal. you got to make sure that they're protected. People are paying to go see them. They're not paying to see your 6th and 7th defenseman or your 13th forward, so you got to make sure that all hands are on deck when it comes to that. What did you think of the goalie fight? I loved it. You know what? It's been a while since we saw one of those, and I can't believe that was the first time that the Oilers in Calgary ever had one of those. So it, uh, it, it was something else. I, I got home to watch that game after work that night, and I, I couldn't have been happier sitting down, <laughs> chugging a cocktail and watching that was old-fashioned hockey, and I, I'd love to see more of it. The game's played with that type of edge. Do the Edmonton Oilers make the playoffs? I know you keep an eye on them. Uh, the Oilers start today currently second in the Pacific Division. They're a point behind Vancouver. they got a game in hand of the Canucks. Vegas has played two more games in Edmonton. Calgary's played a game more. Arizona's played two more, and they're three points behind the Oilers. So there's five teams that either competing for three or four spots. In your opinion, does Edmonton make it? Absolutely, they have. They've got a phenomenal coaching staff now. They've got a guy that knows how to communicate and relate to every player from top to bottom on the roster. Uh, the defense is playing way better. The commitment to 
to hockey without the puck is far better. And they know, they now know because of the communication style and the success they've had this season, that even though you're relying on the two big guns most nights to get all your offense, everyone's got to grind it out. Everyone's got to do the right things. And it makes for a really good team. And you've got to believe that every single player is playing their heart out right now because they don't want to miss out on what's going to happen going forward. Al, great stuff. We'll touch base down the road. I'll be watching you tonight. All right. Take care, Bob. Talk to you soon. See you later. That's Al May, longtime Washington Capital player and broadcaster. And uh, Al's one of our headliners today for touchback safety from fall protection for, to forklift training. Trust the experts at touchbacksafety.com. Your safety is their goal. We are going to tell you, Royal Pizza, pizza's passed in so much more. Edmonton owned and operated for over 50 years. For a menu and a list of their 13 Edmonton and area locations, go online at royalpizza.com or download the Royal Pizza app from the App Store. The staffer recommendation at Royal Pizza is the Mediterranean chicken. When we come back, we'll get to the injury report for James H. Brown Injury Lawyers. And this day in Oilers history, Bob Stoffer, Brendan S. Scott joining you on Oilers Now. This is Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Welcome back, everybody. All right, let's get right to it. It's the Oilers Injury Report at 151 in Edmonton for James H. Brown Injury Lawyers. When accidents happen, go to jameshbrown.com. This injury report, not just Edmonton. Uh, we will tell you Connor McDavid skated today. I guess we'll see for tomorrow. Let's... Uh, Kind of where we're at on the McDavid front. James Neal did not skate. Oscar Kleffbaum left practice early today as well. Of course, Chris Russell um, in concussion protocol. He skated this morning. And uh, Joe Kim Nygaard out six to eight weeks with a broken hand. He had surgery. Brennan Escott, what else is going on? Well, bad news in Columbus as Blue Jackets defenseman Seth Jones out indefinitely with an ankle injury. He was hurt sliding hard into the avalanche net in Saturday's game. Uh, Leafs forward Ilya Mikheyev skating for the first time since having surgery to repair lacerated wrist tendons shortly after the December 27th game. He was given an initial timetable of 90 days. Habs winger Paul Byron could return from a knee injury on this team's road trip there in Bart to about to embark on, but Shea Weber will not travel with the team. So lots of teams without Steven Stamkos is out for tonight's game as well in uh, Tampa Bay. And right now that line in Tampa, the orders are there Thursday. That line of Stamkos, uh, Nikita Kucherov, and Brayden Point, I would put that line up against anybody. Like That is as good a line as there is in the National Hockey League, and uh, he is out. So Montreal hosting the Arizona Coyotes, Florida at the Philadelphia Flyers. The Islanders are in Washington to play the Capitals. We just heard from Alamay. Tampa Bay Lightning are in Columbus. Both teams uh, dealing with significant injuries. Nashville. Uh, continues their road trip out in Vancouver. I'll be watching that one tonight. Calgary and San Jose as well. Flames losing Travis Hamannick. He's not. Uh, they don't have Giordano and now Hamannick, so two of their top four defensemen. Uh, to this day in Oilers history for New West Travel. Join Oilers now on a great road trip to see the Oilers and the Hawks. Reach out to New West Travel or go to newwesttravel.com. Mr. Escott, what do you got shaking? There we go. That's what that button does. Uh, back in 2010, Bobby Ryan scores twice as the Ducks beat the Oilers 3-2. That was the Oilers' 11th straight road loss. That's a franchise record. 
Yeah, those were tough times. Uh, that was roughly in and around the time that uh, Edmonton Oilers owner Daryl Cates was the first time the word rebuild was really used in Edmonton. In fact, we did an interview that day with Daryl, and uh, he, had, he had stated that. And uh, it was a lot of fans in Edmonton wish the Oilers would have started the rebuild earlier in 2007. And obviously, this is the point where the critics of the team say, well, you've been constantly in a state of rebuild. But in a good spot right now, and we'll see what happens moving forward. Again, we've got the Oilers and the Chicago Blackhawks coming up tomorrow on the Oilers Radio Network. And we'll tell you there are tickets available for tomorrow night's game at EdmontonOilers.com. Tomorrow's show, we'll have multiple guests. We'll have Sportsnet's Mark Spector for the horses and horse racing in Alberta and the 7,000 men and women employed in Alberta's horse racing industry. Bakersfield Condors head coach Jay Woodcroft will join us. And uh, we'll have somebody else up. And we'll have fun with that guest as well because there's something coming down the pipe tomorrow. No, it's not a blockbuster trade or anything like that, but it is something that people might want to be involved with in the summer. Up next, a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell. I'd like to thank our guest today, Darnell Nurse, joining us live. Special thanks to the Oilers PR department for making that happen. We also heard from John Shannon and Al May. Thanks to Reed Wilkins for grabbing some audio as well. Brendan, great job as always. Again, up next, Global News Weather Traffic Update with Eileen Bell, followed by the 6.30 Chat Afternoons with Jalen Nye. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.